Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is From Dar Square to Wear, the Arsenal Twitter podcast, brought to you by Andrew, the Hinkley Gooner. One word of warning, it is highly unlikely to be suitable for young children. Our show, You Can Be The Star, is the most interactive Arsenal YouTube show. So far, we've had some great guests on the show, including Arsenal legends Kevin Campbell and Nigel Winterburn. The show can be seen on the From Dar Square to Wear YouTube channel every Wednesday evening at 7pm UK time. The audio podcasts are available on all major platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click the notification button. Like the videos and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This will really help us get found. Also, please tell your friends about From Dar Square to Where. You can contact the show on Twitter, which is at From Dar Square or at Crack of Dawn. Also on email, which is from dollsquaretoair at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. All right, Treacle. People keep asking if I'm back. And I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. everybody we are live today um season two episode 14 and i've got two distinguished gentlemen with me glenn from is New there York. someone else i don't see distinguished <laughs> <laughs> absolutely oh, crap. uh hi it's thank you for the invite i i needed a break from this holiday season it's got me by the balls and andrew from dial square to where how are you doing, Andrew? How are you, both? Yeah, I'm very well. Are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Um, we're going to have a couple good. more guests. Of course, the co-host, who's always traditionally a little bit late, Matt here, and uh, Hopes will be joining us as well. But anyone watching, get involved in the comments. Um, this is our first year anniversary. So believe it or not, we did this thing. We started the 23rd of December last year, and tomorrow will be the anniversary. So... I uh, wanted to give props to all the people who have come on the uh, show before, the podcast before. Andrew, you've been quite regular, so thanks for coming back. Yeah, and thanks for having me back. Glenn, if you can remember, we did a phone-in with you. Uh, the theme yes. was an ice cream truck, if I remember. <laughs> all right, you, you, the quick version of that story is uh, you weren't using this Google thingy that we're using right now and it was just like kind of audio and I was outside in my backyard to get away from my kids and the ice cream truck stopped right in front of my house 
and I had to watch my language. It was very funny because it was blaring, and everyone knows that sound, and everybody all of a sudden had this craving for ice cream. It was very funny and um, a little awkward, but that's the story. Now, I, you don't do this outside. Like, Andrew right now is on his phone, but he's smart enough to be in the house. Yeah. Right, Andrew? Yeah. Oh, did exactly, he freeze it? Yeah. Oh, no, there he is. I've had, to, I've had to lock myself in the bedroom, though, and shut the door. Just yeah, I got two locked from the screaming kids. <laughs> I, I got two locked doors between me and the kids, but they're like that Friday turn thirteenth guy. They'll bust them down and come in here. I but, agree. Uh, hopefully you're not. in the panic room, are you? You're in the panic room. <laughs> I'm, s- <laughs> I'm in the basement <laughs> next to the boiler. So if all of a sudden I do this, you know, call nine one one or or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm right next to the boiler, so. Just to get away from the kids, but it's better than being outside with ice cream trucks and whatever else. And then, you know, and the worst part about that ice cream incident was, you know, I'm a very loud guy, so I'm dropping f bombs like 20 feet away from these kids in front of my house. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. Of course, I didn't. And you know, Glenn, we cannot pinpoint where, to, what point that season was in because all of our results were pretty bad back then. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know about you guys. With the way Arsenal is right now, I mean, I'm more optimistic now, and I know you're going to get to this, but I just can't watch other Premier League games. I just can't. It just depresses the shit out of me. I'll watch highlights, but when we're this terrible, it's just like I'll watch a game. I'll be like, oh, man, I remember we were that fucking good. Yeah. You know, it's whatever. Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to rain on everybody's fucking Christmas. Oh, hey. shit. Hey, something good happened, Glenn. Something good happened. What? Our captain's what, what being appointed. I know. I how did you? You know, I don't know about you guys. I'm being completely honest here, but in the build-up to it, I'm like, no, we need a guy with experience, not fucking Artana. And I did that right up until the press conference. And yep. he turned me right around. It was yep. one of the best pressures I've ever seen in my life. If we hired like Pep to be our manager. I pictured him saying all those fucking things with that demeanor and that intensity. So yeah. Arteta sold me in one press conference. Yeah, Andrew, you could you could tell that he's been by Pep's side for like three or four years. Yeah, yeah. That, but I, th- I still think he's going to be his own guy. And he came across so well. And um, my mind was turned... Funnily enough, after listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast, listening to um, Stilberto, Tim Stillman and Clive on that, and it really it was a real eye-opener uh, when I listened to that podcast. And um, yeah, I had their complete, not a complete transformation, I, just, I wasn't disappointed when it was all talking about Arteta, but I had a lot of reservations, but a lot of those were put to bed when I listened to that, and then... You know, when I, when I watched the press conference, just complete, you know, confidence in the guy. It came across so well. So, yeah, I'm really, really happy. Really, really happy with this appointment. And when you see Ransom Bantz, the old Man United fan on Twitter, saying, I really hope they don't back him because he looks like he's going to be an absolute world-class manager, then you know that you're onto something good. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, putting in him against... Uh, Ancelotti, there's only one winner for me. Uh, I would much rather have Arteta. Yeah, and Ancelotti's uh, a coach, an accomplished coach, but he's on the way down, maybe. Arteta's on the way up. He's, um, he's as unproven as Arteta is in the job that we actually need doing. Yeah. In, lo- in lots of ways. 
um, because we need to be rebuilt from the, from the ground up and all of our players need either to ship up or ship out basically yeah. uh, because they um, yeah we need a whole new uh, squad mentality building we need um, some players need to be sussed out and, and moved on if necessary and I don't think that Ancelotti's the guy to do that so I think he's I don't think he's going to do particularly well at Everton either to be perfectly honest but yeah. um, I don't give a shit about that no he's not <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I'm really confident we got the right team <laughs> Yeah, really confident I, we, we chose well. A lot of uh, I wrote down the key points from the transcript, uh, guys, and a lot of great words. You know, start off happy and proud. He's been preparing for years. He knows the expectations and the level and the stature of the club, and he's ready. And he has a sense of the club, and he has a good vibe about things as well. So he goes on to talk about accountability and uh, culture. And working with the players, Andrew. Yeah, he's um, very much said that it's non-negotiable, everything that he's going to be looking for. And that was probably the best wording of the whole press conference when he said it's non-negotiable. They either do it or they they are not going to fit into this new new culture. So they're going to have to be moved on. And that was, um, yeah, music to the ears. And, and uh, And it's obvious that Arteta has not just made an impression on the supporters because today his first practice none of the 11 that started the game were there but who was the first player on the practice field Ozil <laughs> he realizes hey I better get my shit together now <laughs> at least right now he realizes it I know he I, I I I would like to see him move on but you know since he's here it's nice to know that he was one of the first people on the practice field today and uh-huh. uh you know, so we're not we're not the only ones that Arteta is impressed. And I don't know if you guys saw any of those camera shots of Arteta in the stands during the game, but he mm-hmm. looked between pissed or like, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" <laughs> those were the only two expressions I saw from him and during also, the game. Also, also, uh, Andrew, forgive me. Also, when Abamyang was coming off, I noticed he was watching very intently for body language. Go ahead, Andrew. And Arteta- Sorry, man. I think I think uh, I mean uh, again, not that I care, but Ancelotti looks even worse. Did you see him? I mean, he looked half dead, and you know, he looked like he did one of those uh, injections in his heart, like in Pulp Fiction, to bring him back round. To be perfectly honest. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's good that he looked like that, Arteta. It's good to me because you know, if he was sitting there looking happy, then there's going to be an issue, isn't there? But no, he, he's very. I mean, he's a little bit. He's got a bit, little bit of. Um, serial killer about him you know living on his own with all this stuff all over his walls Jesus you know, <laughs> serial killer I thought you were going to well, say you know, intent <laughs> no it's like um, when you read the report about him living on his own with all these pa- all these cuttings about you know statistics <laughs> and tactics all over his wall he's like some kind of demented oh. guy but um, he's he's preparing to uh to, to be, you know, one of the best managers. That you can see, he's very single-minded. He wants to be recognised as one of the best managers in the world, like Pep. And I can, well, you know, with his attitude, you can well see him becoming that. And I just hope we see it fairly quickly. And I hope that if that becomes the case, that we can hold on to the guy rather than uh, yeah. City nicking him back off us. To be honest. But anyway, that's looking too far in the future. But I'm. Very, very happy with everything that um, 
has transpired since he was appointed. It's just so incredibly encouraging. Yeah, All right, I can't Glenn. disagree with any of that. No, I can't disagree with any of that. I can just oh. parrot what Andrew just said. Well. His in- All I can add is intensity instead of serial killer. And uh, <laughs> I, I, he has this intensity about him. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, Glenn. Andrew. I'm just busting your chops. If yeah, I turn this I can camera- just see someone knocking his door down. You know, the police outside <laughs> with one of those fashion things, smashing his door in and... You know, it's like on that film Seven with Brad Pitt or something. You you can just see Arteta in the corner stitching together someone a a suit out of someone's dried skin. Frankenstein, two players together. How did this go from Arteta to Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box? How did that happen? (laughs) I think when the two of you get together, that you get there pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I well, like Andrew be, right away. I, when I met be, Andrew, uh, I like him right away. Head. It'd be it wouldn't be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It'd be Granite Xhaka's head in the box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Go ahead. I I don't want to take from your show, but I want to talk. I hope we can talk about Xhaka before time's up. Oh, we will for sure. And you're okay. here. You're here for that reason to talk, Glenn. Okay, so feel uninhibited. Yeah, but you're the one. You're no, you're the host, so I want to follow you. I'm sure you have a game plan right. written down there. I, I absolutely do, but since you mentioned Ozil, you started this conversation, right? <laughs> okay. So, do you think that Arteta can get a tune out of Ozil? He knows how he ticks. That's what he said. He knows what makes him tick. I think I well, if Arteta does that, he's even more amazing than I think he's going to be because I think Ozil is only good on a team that is great. If that makes any sense to you guys, he has to be on a great team to be himself. Um, you know, if you're relying on him to get that winning goal, you, you know, you're going to have a divided fan base like we do now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if no, anyone it. can do it, he's going to do it. I mean, they used to play to in the same team and um, if anyone can do it he can it, Ozil's very very much the kind of guy who needs an arm around the shoulder like uh, Wenger used to give him he needs to feel special um, which you know some players do let's face it some players do and um, I, if, I, he will know what buttons to press to try and get the best out of him but he's not the same Ozil anymore let's face facts but if he can be some, you know somewhere close or a lot better than he has been, then we'll see the benefit of it. But there's there's strong talk about him going in January. If that's the case, fantastic. But I can't see it. I, I can only see him staying until his contract runs out. Although I think it'd be beneficial for the team if come the summer that we just buy out his contract because I think it's about I think he's on about fifteen million um a season, I think. Don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere around that figure. And it might be worth paying that just to say goodbye and get rid of one of the last pieces of the old finger raising, really, and uh, start afresh. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Stan, the Stan the Man made me laugh because I didn't even know what he meant by that comment about Ozil's pants. Uh, uh, but, his, uh, behavior, <laughs> his behavior was pants, so not, not liking his behavior. <laughs> oh, and someone also mm. posted. Did we see the Watford Manchester United score? Yeah. Harry like Robinson. I said, I don't. Who won the game? Uh, Man United won. No, Watford won two 0 Watford won two 0 Holy yeah. shit! Okay, like you, I said earlier, missed... I don't know if I. 
Ryan, you're like the guy in the coma. You've missed so much. No, I told you, dickhead. I told you. <laughs> I told you. I told you when Arsenal is playing this way. I'm sorry I called you a dickhead. Merry Christmas. No, that's um, my first. He, that's my one-year anniversary <laughs> gift. <laughs> now I forgot my point. Oh, I said, I probably said it off the air, not on the air. When Arsenal's playing this shitty, I have a tough time watching other games. Because I look at it like we used to be that good, so yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's why I didn't know. I'm not in a coma. It's, Arsenal depresses me so fucking bad. I can't watch other games. I sit there and I play video games. I got and you. And yell bro. at my kids. I got you. Um, All right, Andrew. To your point, um, Dan, the man, brought up a very good point on our last podcast. The whole issue with China and what's been going on with them. And what calling out China? Um, maybe the club will be actively trying to move Ozil on now because of that political situation. I think they've been actively trying to move him on for about four years, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, without yeah. with, with very little success. Um, yeah. So he's going to have to I... come to a, an arrangement. We're either going to have to give him away for free, which is worth it if we say. It, but the other club would obviously. Uh, have to take over the whole of his wages. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, we, we might as well keep hold of him until yeah. the end and see if, if, if Arteta can get a bit more out of him. Um, but if we can get rid of him and get rid of his wage, then it's worthwhile. But uh, it's, it's easier said than done, isn't it? If Ozil leaves, it better not be because of that whole China thing. I mean, I, I, that that would infuriate me because of freedom of speech. Look, you got to realize, he, he probably thinks, okay, because of my celebrity, I can point out this thing that is really bothering me. But I learned a long time ago, I'm an old fucking fart, publicly... Don't talk politics. Just don't. It, it, all you're going to do, people have all their own little bubbles they can climb into. So as, I want Ozil to go as bad as you do, Andrew. But and but I do not want him to go because he spoke out against that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, And no, I'm not no, taking no. any sides either. No. It's, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be because of that. It's purely to, to – we need to move on. We need to move on. He needs it for his own career. We need it to move on uh, and sort of become a different team. And um, like I said, he's one of the last parts of the old regime of the Wenger time. And um, we need that sort of attitude completely gone out of the dressing room and uh, start afresh. And that'll be a massive step forward if we can get rid of him. Plus, Andrew, it could be difficult because Arteta had played with Ozil toward the end of his career. Hmm. He it could make it difficult for him. Yeah, exactly. It always bothers me when we say, oh, he's 31, he's washed up, because then I just feel like ordering a coffin for myself. But um, <laughs> I, I, what I... What I uh, Ozil will be good on a team full of superstars where he isn't the centerpiece. I'm repeating myself, I know. And yeah. What's that noise? Is that me? No, it's absolutely uh, fine. That, uh, good evening, uh, gentlemen. Uh, sorry that I'm late. Uh, Hello, yeah, sir. Man. Hey, Glenn. Nice to see you. Andrew, all right. you okay? Ready? Very good. All good. Very good, thanks, mate. Hey, my ear. Welcome in. One just said it's 13 and a half million to buy our, uh, Ozil out of his contract, so it's even less than I thought. So I think that's got to be done in, in the summer if, uh, if we don't sell him in January. I mean, Andrew, we need to... Totally uh, revolutionize 
basically everything. Uh, basically, uh, Glenn Evan, the, basically the whole team. We need to revolutionize. I mean, transform. I've been, I've been a, a critic of Ozil for a long time now. I mean, I've even said he's only had truly, basically one good season in all the time he's been at Arsenal, which is putrid. Really, really, honestly, it's putrid. It's, um, uh, it's you a know, shame I, because if you... Sorry, go on, Glenn. Uh, this all starts at the back. Yes, we all know about our defense. But you know what? The To me, the main problem is we never replaced Santi Cazorla. That we never replaced him. Santi in his prime right now would instantly make this team much better for us. And we never replaced him when he left. You know, um, who could do that, though? Is, um, I mean, I know it's, some people think it's controversial, but I think that uh, Sabayos could be that guy. He needs yes, to... Yes, I agree. See, this is why... Go ahead. He needs to play in front of the back four. He's, he needs to be the one that retrieves the ball from the back four and beat the press, and he'd be perfect for that. And if we could um, get him fit and firing, which if there's anyone that can do it, again, uh, with his uh, tactical ability, it's going to be Arteta. He's going to be a big, big uh, player for us if we can keep him. But I think if we um, are also resigned to losing Aubameyang to Real Madrid, if we can get him and Jovic plus a bit of cash in exchange for Aubameyang, that's an absolute no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, 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 gen- I genuinely think that I genuinely think that Sabayos is going to be a really, really good player. Andre, what, what's your timing on that? Would it be summertime or January? It'll be summer, I think. Unless we can strike up some kind of deal in January, potentially, but I would think it'd be more likely summer. Um, personally, yeah. I don't think a deal like that. It's, it's too complicated. If you're going to involve players and cash, uh, it's too complicated to get it done within that short window. Uh, that's the only time I disagree with you, Andrew. 30 days, you sit down with someone, you know, and, and talk fair to them about what you want to do, swapping players, swapping money. You got 30 effing days to do it. I'm sorry. That's enough time to do something. In We're Arsenal, though. Actually, We're Arsenal. <laughs> I know, yeah. Quickly. You're Arsenal. You're right. <laughs> we don't do anything quickly. Anything at all. Isn't that... Isn't that funny? I went on for like 30 seconds. He shot me down in one second. We're Arsenal next. That's it. That's yeah, true. Just, you just, question, literally, just listen. Just go and sit in the corner and think about what you just said, Glenn. <laughs> All right. I'll be quiet for a minute because I feel tremendously stupid right now. <laughs> He's probably in Arsenal, you know. I mean, Everton, they fired their coach. Ancelotti came in the next day. We fired our manager, put poor Freddie in. Get in there, Freddie. Do something. You know, okay, let's, who should we get? Here's 16 people. Let's discuss. Fuck you. You should have had it ready when you fucking fired. Uh, what's his face? Good evening. Yeah, I already Good forgot evening. his name. Mr. Emery. I already forgot his name. Emery. <laughs> A little too much eggnog, I think, for me. So, Glenn would like to uh, sell him in January. I'm summertime. Andy's summertime. What about you, my ear? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Try and, uh, I mean... Absolutely what? (laughs) (laughs) You see, for a minute, I was confused there, but then I realized we are talking about uh, Aubameyang. Aubameyang. You know what? We're trying to... It looks like we're trying to structure our team around uh, it being a very young team. Uh, it may not work out, but then again, it could. I mean, bringing in somebody like Jovic for 
a 30-year-old Aubameyang uh, plus cash, I mean, geez, um, it, that would seem like a steal. I would like to hope that also Ceballos, um, when he comes back into the team, has a good run in his preferred position. And, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully we can improve. But, I mean, from what I've seen recently, Andrew, Glenn, I'm sure you guys would agree with me where we say we don't expect anything from any matches. Even playing the small teams, whether it's in Europa League, whether it is in the Premier League. Without any confidence, I think you're talking about. Without any confidence at all, at all. I mean, I've, I've like, not worn my Arsenal jersey for a while now because... Like, I'm not seeing anything that's made me want to put on the jersey with pride and be out in the streets, you know, guys? Let me add on to that for you, Andrew. And Arteta talking about needing to raise the confidence in the players and also raise the spirits of the fans. This is part of the press conference. And in doing that, we can lift the spirits of the whole club. I I think that... (laughs) I don't know whether I'm a, I was a, alone. Well, I had a few people agree with me, but on um, after the match yesterday, it was it was an incredibly boring match, as we all know. Yes. But there was a lot of positives in the fact that yes, you have to you have to understand we defended it an awful lot better than we have been. We are not giving up a million shots a match anymore, but yes. we were. That was horrendous to watch. We were literally giving oh, away shots every every minute or two. It was just peppering our shot with goals, um, goal with shots rather, and that's not happening. And we're generally passing the ball around a little bit better, but not penetratively. So we're not going, we're not creating much opportunities for our front uh, players. But that is a big step forward. We have to agree that the first the first clean sheet in fifteen matches is something to be mm-hmm. able to yes. sort of um, have a foundation to build upon. Now I think if we I can just that. get that. A bit of confidence back again, a bit more zip in our passing, a bit more speed and pace, um, and one shot to to fly in. That that could all change everything overnight because we are defending better, so we'll be able to hold on to our leads better. Yep. And I think we, I don't think we're too far off from starting to win a few matches. Exactly. Not, you know, um, smashing teams at the moment, but we are not not far away at all. I don't think we're starting to win some matches. Real quick, let me go. Uh, we all look at things differently. You know, that's what's so unique about about being an Arsenal supporter. For yeah. me, yes, that game was fucking boring. But I thought we showed extra hustle yesterday that I have not seen in a while. Our yeah. defense played kind of decent. And guess what? I'm 99% sure of this stat. Everton had no shots on goal. You know, that's something nice. to be positive about. That's something to be positive Definitely. about. We can't take out the 100%. positive you also take out uh, such things as how many shots did we actually? I mean, I, 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 checked, on, I checked on the stats, man. Here, uh, Everton had six attempts on goal, and you're right, Glenn. I think only one of them was on target. We also had, oh, six I said attempts. none, so I was wrong. No, we also had six attempts with two on target, so we're balancing now. We're starting to balance instead of going three to one or four to one ratio. Bear in mind, we had a very, very young team as well, and we had Sucker at left back, who yeah. was really impressive. Yes. Uh, he's never, he's, it's only his second time he's ever played there in the first team, um, and he was thrown in at the deep end, and he, he did ever so well, bless him. He, he scared and, um, me a little bit, Andrew. I, on, being on the yellow card, I was a little bit worried 
a couple of times with Duncan Ferguson trying to also lobby to get him sent off. That's, that's exactly why I'm, I think he did really, really well. You know, lasting the rest yeah. of the game after yeah. doing that. That's that, yeah. that's a big jump for an 18 year old. He's yeah. a winger. So yeah, after I was very impressed. And um, Torreira, although he's still wandering a little bit, um, he was a bit more focused on his uh, defensive duties and, and wasn't sort of going up front too often. He was um, had a good game. Chambers was outstanding, I think, yesterday. He under a load of criticism he's had lately. But I thought he had a very good game. And I thought the partnership with David Luiz was, was good. We looked pretty solid yesterday. People still go after people uh, for no reason without sort of, um, you know, any real justification. Still go after David Luiz. But I thought he was he made a lot of good passing yesterday. And I thought he was pretty solid with Chambers. So, yeah, I think overall uh, we have to take some heart from that because it was an extremely young team we fielded. And um, I think right. things are only going to get better. At the moment, because let's let's be honest, Freddie Youngberg is, is um, with very very little help and with very few training sessions, um, he's got us more defensively sound on his own. So with Arteta starting work today, getting everyone back in on, on Christmas Day as well, it's only going to get better. Only going to get better from here. So I'm I'm feeling a lot more positive. I want to put out this question to you guys. Uh, do you guys think that uh, Torreira will come right uh, eventually? Like, would he become a? Uh, would he be able to up the level of himself and Arsenal in as a whole? You know, or do we go on and sell him? Well, and... No, I well, I'm a little, I'm a little biased because he's one of my favorite players, and I believe when he's used right, like he is uh, Uruguay, um, he's a hell of a great DM. So, no, I would not sell him. I agree yeah, with you, Glenn. Sorry, go on. Sorry, apologies. No, no problem, Andrew. I agree with you, Glenn. Uh, he is going to only blossom, I think, under Arteta, who has played in that role before and knows everything yep. he needs to play to help him in that position. He's a full international. He's excelled on international duty. And in some ways, Emery was trying to extract more out of him because he was one of the better players on the team. He tried to make him compensate for the deficiencies in midfield. So, definitely, Andrew, I think that our Torreira can blossom under Arteta. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt that he could. Um, he's looked a lot happier the last couple of games as well, being in the played in the right position. I think you can tell that he's been playing with a bit more, you know, confidence and, uh, well, a bit more enjoyment, really. In, uh, in himself but the only issue I've got with him is his menta- mental strength um, I really really hope that I'm proved wrong but I think he's a bit mentally fragile as a player um, and you have to have I mean a lot of being a professional makes, footballer is up in what your makes head. you think that Andrew? because there's no smoke without fire, and we keep hearing over and over and over again he wants to go back to Italy. That doesn't come from nowhere. That worries me a little bit. And if he's not moaning about wanting to leave, he's crying. So uh, there's a there's an issue there with me, and it does worry me a little bit. And it may sound yeah. a bit pedantic, but you have to be extremely strong mentally to be at the top elite. Are you talking about in Baku in terms of crying? 
He's done it a few times. He cried when Jack Jacob came off the pitch. Yeah, I was just going to bring that uh, up now. And <laughs> I'd... go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I'm caught. Go, go, go. Go, my hair. I look. I don't know. I like. I don't know. You. You actually. Um. On to Andrew's point. You have to have a very, very strong mentality, especially when it comes to wanting to be an elite player, you know, part of a bigger picture, a bigger rebuild. Because, for example, with us, as badly as we need Torreira, I mean, you can't be doing such things as crying when Xhaka gets <laughs> taken off or Xhaka gets booed. You like, oh. But, like, as we can see it, as we can see it. You can't be doing no, that. No, you were like listening to tears. You were like somebody, like somebody died. Uh, are they no, really? But you know right, what? Right. The problem is, that, <laughs> you know what the, the the thing that worries me about him wanting to leave is that I think early doors. That I mean, and, and this is completely my own thoughts, uh, my own opinion. It's, it's That's not why you're here, Andrew. Else, but he, um, he, the, all the rumours about him wanting to leave led me or lead me to believe that he's not confident in his own ability to be a very successful player in the Premier League. He's more confident in his ability to be a more of a top player in Italy. And that's why I wanted to go back there. And that's what I think anyway. And it's a concern and I really hope to be proven wrong. I love okay, it. Lombard- no, stop, 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 stop. It's not over yet because I don't agree. <laughs> all right. First of all, the last time, about a year ago, Terrera was talking. There was talk. Oh, I don't like the weather. Oh, I can't learn the language. And he waited days and days and let this shit fester in the media. And then he finally came out and said, no, it's not true. All right. He's a fucking knucklehead that doesn't get out in front of stories. And he hasn't gotten out in front of this one either yet. All right. The last time I heard from him about being happy in the UK, he said it was all bullshit. And, and, and until I hear him say, yes, I want to leave. I'm so upset about Jaka and the weather and the language. Then, then, then you can sell him if he doesn't want to be here. I want to hear him say it. Just like I want to hear Aubameyang say it. And, 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 um... That's it. Did you guys rate Torreira last year? He was fucking Superman last year when he was used the right way. And I say, keep him, use him the right way. And if he complains about the weather, cries about fucking asshole Xhaka, or can't learn the language and is crying about that, then you can fucking go. Okay, I'm done. He was good for about, was good for about 12 games last year. Uh, apart from that, okay. anyway, if, if, apart from that... There's no smoke without fire, like I said, with regards to those rumours. And if he was, um, his agent keeps saying those things, why doesn't he turn around and show some balls and say, stop fucking saying these things about me. I don't want to leave. You know, he's, exactly. he's allowing his Actually, agent to, to go to the press. That. He's allowing his Guys. agent to do that. And also, when you, you mentioned about Aubameyang, why does he not say to his brother, you fucking stop putting this shit exactly. on, on Twitter, please? Because you're ruining my career. <laughs> You have it. You have any brothers? Can you control them? My brothers, my brothers wouldn't listen to a fucking he's thing. I ever he's a hanger on to Abamian. He's a nobody. Abamian. He's a. He's hanging on to him because he earns twelve million quid a year. So Abamian to just start say, if you want to keep, just shut up. You know, you can go to court exactly. to do these things if you need to. Stop uh, you know, it's just, there's no way. That, there's no way that there's no. That there's no substance to the rumours of him wanting to go back to Italy yeah. if he doesn't stop it with his agent. 
He's in charge of his age. I, I just think he's He's a knucklehead. That's what he is. He's a young knucklehead that doesn't realize just get out in front of the fucking store and shut the yeah. fuck up. He has not been used in his right position. Even if, if if that's the reason he wants to leave, if he if he spoke up, everyone would call him a traitor and, and for, yeah. for you know saying that in public. You know, he you know, we're not flies on the locker room wall or whatever the fuck you call a locker room in the UK. Uh, we, we don't know. Dressing room? Okay. Glenn, I'm with you on this uh, one. If if you're in a job and you're being you're not doing your job, you your your boss wants you to drive a forklift instead of packing boxes and you're happy packing boxes and you're good at packing boxes, you don't want to drive a forklift. So that's what's happened to Dorero, I believe. He's been misused, but now he sees light at the end of the tunnel, I believe. Uh, as to the crying, I was solely focused on Xhaka coming off the field. Yes, I remember Torreira. I didn't think he was crying, my here. I thought he looked sad. Now, definitely, but that shows that he cares as well. Losing a look, go ahead, go ahead. My here, you know, losing the funny thing is- final, you're gonna cry. I mean, who wouldn't be? I would be absolutely heartbroken. Don't play play for that. That's what they come. That's what they come into teams for. They want to reach finals. They want to win uh, any type of cups, whether it be the Carabao Cup, whether it be Europa League, whether it be the Premier League. I wanted to say, um, coincidentally, you just said, uh, you know, like your boss wanting you to uh, drive a forklift and pack boxes. That's exactly what I do. You know, that is that is actually my job. <laughs> <laughs> so just coincidentally that happened but um yeah i mean guys like, look there's a, there's a lot to look forward to there is a lot to look forward to but like andrew said the game and and glenn just said the game was absolutely shite because we haven't been seeing i mean even a even one nil to the arsenal i would even just love that right now as long as we can yeah. get a few wins but andrew uh let's come back to the everton game I agree with you. A nil-nil draw is a good basis to start the Arteta era off with. And I was very, very hard and it seemed like a lot of the young players, if they lost the ball, they're they're working back to get that ball back from a very poor Everton it looked like as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. We, we just, like I said, we're just lacking that zip in our passing. Um, you know, just taking that second or two too long taking one touch too many on occasions and um, we have lacked you know very good coaching that's obvious and now that we've got a good coach in place then we should start seeing differences in our performances sooner rather than later not straight away overnight but um, soon I'm, I'm quite confident that mm. that nil-nil draw the better defensive performance the clean sheet is a is a fantastic foundation to start building from, and yeah, yeah I I, pretty... I agree with a lot of that. I agree with a lot of that. And uh, Rising One Hundred and One, I agree with you that they're playing Terrera out of position. He wrote that in the comments yeah. earlier, and I just jotted it down. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Everybody forgets Everton was an informed team as when we went in there, okay? Yep. And yep. and we were hustling all over the park and Ancelotti was sitting there in the stands cutting old man farts, you know, and and, and <laughs> we did well. 
<laughs> and that's why well. he's shaking his head. Oh, I, I hope uh, Ken Fryer or, or, or Ken whoever didn't smell them. Not Ken Fryer. <laughs> Can you blame him the way Everton played? But they were informed, guys. They were informed coming into that game. We yeah. hustled around the pitch. We did a few things right. I'm with Andrew on this. I'm, I'm okay happy with that performance. It's something to build on. All right, my here. You, what, do you, what did you think of yesterday's game? Well, I mean, I I literally missed out on first half. Uh, asked the guys to keep me updated, and uh, they said nothing really happened. I mean, we were playing uh, position based. You know, uh, there were a few good moves here and there, but essentially the whole game was devoid of a cutting edge. Like Andrew just said, a cutting edge. We we just go for the jugular. You know, lay it out all on the line, which we've been crying out for, I don't know how many weeks, maybe two months, maybe a month. We've been crying out that they go all out, even if it means losing, putting everything out on the pitch. So we can just see that, you know, we want to see fight, we want to see passion. Before we even move, before we go into Freddie Lundberg as a topic, Mm -hmm. I want to know from you guys, uh, Andrew and Glenn, uh, is Art, would have Arteta been your first choice? Would he have been your first choice? No. And, I no. mean, even though we can, we we have to back him now. I mean, he's our manager right now. But you, you guys are saying he's not your first choice. I mean, the whole being with our, um, being with Pep Guardiola, but yeah. he hasn't had any managerial I, experience. I, I would have loved for an actual I, coach. I mean, would you have taken Ancelotti over? Uh, yes, I would have. Yes, I would have. And mm-hmm. and I was and I would have been. What well, it appears I would have been wrong because I did not see that intensity in Arteta. You know, yeah. but I'm terrible to ask about this. Back when you know before Unai was hired, when people brought up Brendan Rodgers, I was like, "Ew, no way!" Yeah, you know, so I'm a terrible person to ask. Way. I've been wrong two times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, to answer your question, my ear, and then we'll go to Andrew. Um, he would not have been my first choice. And I'm going to say, you know, when everything works out in two years from now, we're winning titles, hopefully. You're going to hear all these Arsenal supporters said he was my first choice from the start. No, you got to own up. But you know what? <laughs> After that press conference, uh, I came around to it even before then, started to look at the positives in it. And I'm very, very encouraged, uh, Andrew. Very encouraged. I hope he's just not saying that all the right things. That's all. You're not Andrew. Your name is not Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, well if, you Andrew. know, <laughs> if Arteta's not <laughs> a serious bad All right, who well, got Andrew all riled up? If Arteta is not really shut up, Glenn. <laughs> 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 Shut up, Glenn! Okay, I love a good. Anyway. I love a good British girl. <laughs> Rafa Benitez was my first choice, as I've, as I've let everyone yeah, know. Um, I would have loved to have Rafa Benitez, um, but yeah, my, I'm happy to say that my mind was changed. Um, like I, said, I was never 100 percent sold on Arteta, and I because I had too many worries. It's not like I said I do not want him under any circumstances. It wasn't that. That wasn't the case. But uh, I did have many, many concerns. But 
I'm happy to say that at the moment, uh, I've been, my mind's been completely turned around and um, I don't think we could have had a better choice, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely delighted with him. And let's not forget that one, um, the Hoffenheim manager four years ago made a massively, massively brave decision and hired Julian Nagelsmann, aged 28, to be a manager in the Bundesliga. That was a massively great decision and he got re- repaid several times over. And look at what he's doing now. Um, he's just working wonders and he's still only 32. So Arteta has been researching this role for many years. He's only 37 still. But um, there's nothing to say that he's not going to be a success uh, just because he's, he's not worked for. And I, I, let me just add one more thing. Experience is extremely important if you're going to go in as a manager as well. But when you're coming in as a head coach, it's not so ex- not so important. It's your knowledge that's important because you're only going in to train a team and coach that team to do certain things. You're not going in to actually run the football club. Exactly. So it's a little bit less important to have the experience going in as a head coach rather than a manager. He's still, Andrew, he's still got to put out, he's got to put out a system, a formation, and make adjustments mm. within the game as well. And have a team behind him as well. Uh, Andrew, That's I love that point that you brought up. Mm. I love that point that you brought up because I think they did the same thing with Pep Guardiola uh, before he started becoming an elite coach. And Ten Hag, who was, if I'm not mistaken, at Ajax. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The knowledge is important when you're doing tactical changes, uh, deciding how to combat a team, um, and deciding on, on obviously the formula for a successful team. It's, uh, you can do an awful lot without having. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, right? It's, in an ideal world, you would have had a bit of experience in coming in, but it's not yeah. as important as being a manager okay. because when and you're you a manager, to. you've got a, a whole lot of other things to think about. When, when the job comes along. Sorry, Andrew, when the job comes along, you have to be ready for it. And that's what he said. He was preparing himself. He took the uh, coaching badges when he was still with Arsene Wenger. He started all of that. He's prepared himself. Uh, Think of the ambition to get out from underneath Manchester City and go to Arsenal as well, Andrew. He's put his whole uh, career on the line, really, hasn't he? And he said himself, I wouldn't be sitting here now if I didn't feel like I was ready. Um, so I, I think that you can do an awful lot of preparation for coaching. Um, out on, I mean, let's let's not forget as well. He's been Pep Guardiola's number two for three and a half years, yeah. and he has been out on the training field, putting these things into practice on the training field, not on the live match situation. No, but he's got three and a half years' experience of actually coaching and training players, and he's been widely. Um, Given the cre- uh, credence for training uh, and making players better, yeah. such as uh, Sterling, it's actually been yeah. put down to him. And Mane, as well. Uh, so, Sane, I always say Mane when I mean Sane. So he, ha- he has got experience of being a coach, not for a first team, but he has got experience of doing it under the best of circumstances. Yeah. So there's, um, he's not going in completely cold. Let's, let's just remember that as yeah. well. 
Hey, hey, Glenn. One of, the, one of the things, wait, one of the things that I think we need to keep in mind with Arteta and uh, decisions that he'll have to make and his responsibility is that he gave Arsenal a list of demands he wanted, you know, things that he wanted before he said he would be our coach, manager, whatever you want to call it. So I'm fairly confident they're going to back him in transfer markets because although you can't get Arsenal fans to agree whether it's sunny or raining out, you, you know, most Arsenal fans are behind Arteta right now. He's got that power. Plus, he made demands. He said, listen, I want this, that. I want you to see. So let's all try to be confident. I'm not telling anyone how to think, but all signs are pointing to yes, as yeah. the Magic 8-Ball used to say. And um, we're, we're, gonna get in, we're gonna get into that segment next. But one last thing from the Everton game, and we did talk about Aubameyang. Uh, Glenn, I'm gonna go to you first. Does Aubameyang seem disinterested? We had a 15 no, I think that, minute period in the second half. No. That's unfair. That's unfair. I think this is all fueled by the supposed media story that he's not happy. Um, you know, uh, whether he's happy or not, I would make that deal Andrew was talking about earlier. Absolutely. But um, no, I think that's unfair. No, right. everybody was hustling yesterday. You know, I, I, he missed a chance of Bamiyang. He also had a chance to make a key pass and it was a shitty pass. Uh, but but, you know, what, we expect miracles from him every fucking game? Uh, no, I have no problem with him, and I think it's unfair to say he looked disinterested. That's speculation. All right. Uh, Andrew, or am I here? Take the same question. I, I think he's not been the same since he became ca- a captain. He's, uh, he's not had the same mentality since then, uh, which is strange. Maybe completely coincidental, but, um, yeah, I th- I th- there's something not quite right with him at the moment. Uh, he, need, he needs to see that the, the direction is good for him, Andrew. He needs to see things are going in the right direction, hopefully. With yeah, our yeah. I just, I, I just think he wants to go. Personally. Same with about, same with Lacazette. Andrew, and if, if he doesn't want to go. Andrew, if he doesn't want to go and he signs a two-year contract tomorrow and talks all the right talk, would you still make that deal? If he, can, no, if he signs no, a two-year no. contract, you know, holds up the, the, the kit, says all the right things, would you still send him off no, in that I'll, supposed I'll, deal? If he signed another contract, I'll keep him for another year because he, he would okay. definitely help us get to where we want to go. I appreciate definitely. your honesty. I mean, we, we, we can't just... I don't, I've, I've made it fully aware that I, I don't want to sell him anyway, to, to be perfectly honest. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Sorry. Well, summer at least... Yeah, yeah, we we're going to find it hard to replace his thirty goals a season. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah. It's simple as that. You're going to have to pay more out than you get in to replace those goals. So it doesn't make sense because we've got very strong short-term goals. And <coughs> we're not going to do it this season, but next season we've got a good shout of getting in the top four. So if we can get another thirty plus goals out of him for next season, it's it's a no brainer for me. But if he does want to go and his mind's not in it, I'd rather get get rid of him now. Simple as that. You know, when I say now, I mean either in the January or in the summer. My here, really quickly, what's your take on the Abamyang situation? Then we'll move on to the next section. Okay, very quickly. May sound uh, very biased, but I mean I do love Abamyang and uh, the qualities he brings to our attacking force and with all his goals. Um, my thing is just if he 
if we can keep him, I agree with Andrew. Maybe keep him another year or so. Um, but essentially, we would be have to we would have to invest in another striker who's also going to cost a real lot. So maybe yeah, keep him another season. Yeah. Let him bang in another 20-30 goals. Uh, let us love him just a little bit more before he leaves. And but if he isn't disinterested, if he wants to leave, um, cash in on him and buy somebody that wants to fight for the badge. Uh, London Old School asked the question. We've already addressed that. Uh, Andrew and I would like, and I think maybe my here would like to keep until the summertime. Um, Glenn maybe is in favor of shipping him out of my right, Glenn. <laughs> You couldn't understand me through all the yelling? No, I would not sell him. But um, if he wants to leave, then I would make that deal. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, player power, Andrew, rules. Yeah, unfortunately so. Which is a sad part of today's football. But one other thing, if we can get another year out of him, then I've got really, really high hopes for Nketiah to be a similar type of player than him, to be in the right place at the right time in the in the box. If he could have one more year to progress um, on loan, hopefully, if he stays on loan where he is and gets more first-team football, he can have a season in the Premier League with them. If not, a loan somewhere else for another year with more football than he's been getting so far. But I'm um, really... I can see an awful lot in, in Ketia to be a similar type of player, being in the right place at the right time in the box. And um, he could be a... a he could quite easily replace a lot of those goals, yeah, but not yeah. not quite yet. So if we I, can get another year out of Aubameyang, that'd be perfect as far as I'm concerned to pull him through. I I agree because Aubameyang does not have the proper support. We uh, we're not getting the best out of some of our players, and uh, it, like I, everything Andrew said, I just would like to say I agree with right there. Yeah, um, I've, I've said several times we can't judge a, a, an awful lot of these players on this season so far. Yeah, they've just been yeah, played out of position. They've been in terrible form. Mm-hmm. They've been changing formation every week. Andrew, it's just been a nightmare season. So it's very hard to judge a lot of them. And and the other thing is, I'm excited to see if Arteta can unlock Chambers a little bit more because I always like Chambers. And, and uh, I saw this stat earlier this morning: is uh, our only two clean sheets on the road this year? Uh, Chambers has been uh, in what, as, as a corner. As cornerback, so uh, I know you call cornerback something different in the UK, but um, that's the only two clean sheets away from home we have this year. And he, 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 yeah, he was a fullback in both of those games. You know, I I really think there's more to unlock with Chambers and a few other players too. So I'm not ready to sell off everybody. You're telling me January? I want Jaka gone. Uh, I know he had a decent game yesterday, but he has not properly apologized. So get the fuck out. Um, And uh, Mustafi, back to fucking Bundesliga. And then Ozil, too. Those are the three I would like to see leave in January. And I'd love to hear you guys, if in in a magical world we could get rid of three players in January, who would it be? Jaka gone. Shaka Khan. My hair, do you know Shaka Khan? Yes, I do. Very well. <laughs> he lives next door to me, actually, uh, yeah, in South Africa. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> guys, uh, I think I'd, I'd have to go with exactly those players. Uh, maybe even um, 
there's one more there was one other person I was thinking of I don't know if it was David Louise if I'm not mistaken yeah oh, oh sorry Kalasinac he would be Kalasinac we need Kalasinac no, we need him as a backup when, when yeah. Tierney gets over whatever the yeah. fuck's wrong with him. Now, oh, his shoulder or arm or um, something. Well, one, uh, one footnote to the discussion we're having on the Everton game, Andy, um, and Aubameyang discussion. I'm a little bit worried about Martinelli. Are we overplaying him? And he doesn't seem to get the protection from the referees. Uh, fullbacks are no. playing him pretty hard. I think he, he needs, at the moment he needs to play. We can't play him every single minute of every game. At the moment, he's only 18. He's, I mean, when he's got the, all the energy of a, of a gazelle at the moment. He, as long as we don't play him in every single minute of every match, yeah, at the moment, he nurtures to get the experience. Yeah. And it, ideally, we could, he could just be replaced um, after 60 minutes, maybe, of, of some games as well. However, his natural replacement at the moment, Saka, is playing at left-back. So we're, we're really, really short of, of, of uh, decent options. But um, he's our best player at the moment. And if, you, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And he is showing everyone else the way at the moment with his attitude and mentality and confidence. And without him, he's more important at the moment in current form than Aubameyang because Aubameyang's been pretty terrible the last few weeks, if, yeah. if you're honest. With like as it is so, yeah. um, no, 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 I wouldn't let Kolasinac go. On a perfect squad for me, he's a squad player. Uh, we just two injury, in, injuries every fucking year. It doesn't matter who the manager is or what's going on. We just get killed with injuries every year. Yeah. And I'd rather, I'd rather have that insurance policy of Kolasinac, you know, uh, you know for, especially Tierney looks a little uh, brittle. So, yeah, I, I would not get rid of Kolasinac only because we're so thin back there. Thanks to everybody in the comments. London Old School, Stan the Man, uh, Lomberg Camp, and if you want to name a few. Oh, everybody in the comments section was right on. I was giving them thumbs up as I was reading them. You, you guys were right Bang on today. Don Juan, Rising 101, and uh, well, I want to give credit to people coming on. Harry Robinson as well. So thanks for coming in. Let's move to the next section. Who wants to talk about... Arteta is starting today. He, Arteta gets down to oh, work today. Oh. You seen the pictures? Yes, uh, and I and I and I read uh, the recaps, and I, I I laughed when I saw Ozil was the first. I said this earlier in the show. I laughed when Ozil was the first player on the pitch today for practice. You know, someone's got to light a fire under his ass. He's here. Someone light a fucking fire. <laughs> He wanted to give his teacher's pet apple in today, this morning. That's why he wanted to get in first. <laughs> <laughs> Look how dedicated I am. Don't pause when I give short answers like I have more to say. I come from a radio background where you can't talk. You all, you know, like, fuck you, dickhead. All right, go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're you're handing them out for free today. I say that, Andrew. I say that. that with, you. I think you should be used to me and Glenn by now. Andrew, I say that with all love and respect. You know uh, how much I love you. You, you know how many taking the piss. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, go on, guys. I'm sorry. Just don't be shocked if I say two sentences and shut up. My wife says I talk too fucking much. No, you know what, Glenn? Fuck you, Glenn. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody say something. 
Not here. Yeah. Arteta. No, I've seen the, I've seen the videos, though. Arteta started work today. They're on the training pitch. Look, <laughs> yes. Uh, Glenn, go I, ahead. Glenn, I had such a good laugh today. I saw this video of him um, going into the management room. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's like, um, what's happening? Uh, have we got drones? Uh, where are the cameras placed? And I had such a damn good laugh. Because, I mean, even something like that is uh, very positive. I mean, already oh, wanting to know yeah, if, I agree. if we can get video footage. I mean, as much as a laugh of it, as funny as it is, it's a good sign. It's it's, it's another stepping stone, you yes. understand? Oh, I completely understand. I completely agree with you. I love it. Loved it. See, you guys are being quiet again after I talk. What, do you want me to yell every time I answer a question? That's <laughs> no, not going to happen. I was just trying to reply here to London Old School. I was, I was uh, wait, like wait. Father Father Ted kicking the bishop's arse. That's what we need wait, to kill our Ted to be doing. It's fantastic, man. Oh. We fucking love the energy that uh, Glenn... I mean, even Andrew, the energy that you guys bring. It just brings more people it's into the conversation. They want to join the family, you understand? Yeah, Mahir, do you yes. remember do you remember Glenn and the ice cream truck? Oh, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we why don't talk about that? No, we have listen, it's fantastic. Look, we want we we are a family basically. We're all brothers. And the more more people we can bring into the family and the more conversation can get rolling. I mean, it's just more and more content and we don't do this for the money. We do this for the passion, for the love of discussion. I mean, and for the love of our club, you understand? It's yeah. the best. Yeah, absolutely. All right, stand these, these fucking disappointed if you were doing it for the money, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> fucking my, my, you know, it's funny. My family knows <laughs> when there's an Arsenal game, they, they look at the final score before they come downstairs to ask me for shit because they'll know what mood I'll be in. You know, they yeah. ruin, they can ruin my whole weekend. I, I know it's a sad thing to say, but I know there's others in the same boat with me. I'll be fucking miserable when they lose. I fucking love the everything. club and I love Yes, but I love the fact that we're such a, a family, you know? We're talking across an ocean here. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Technology is a great thing. Listen, guys, I've, got to, I've got to go in a couple of minutes' time. Okay, uh, so do I. It's a family situation, so no anything problem. else you want to quickly go through before you, uh, you lose the Yeah, the um, I wanted to talk about the... Um, Caretaker managers. I was I was very impressed with Duncan Ferguson and also what Freddie Longberg had done for the club. So you start, Andrew. Yeah, I mean I love I've always loved Duncan Ferguson. Even when he's a player, he's just got such a good attitude. Even though he's been um, done for GBH four times and been to prison for punching a fisherman and headbutting a policeman, um, he's uh, he's got all the attitude. Of, that the club needed at that particular time yeah. to bring them through that difficult period. And with regards to Freddie Youngberg, I mean, I don't know whether you saw, I was having a, a right go at Olive, Ollie Holtz, the journalist online yeah. yesterday on Twitter. Oh, that. What a complete numpty. I mean, Freddie Youngberg as well, he, he did so much better than people realise to get us through that situation. And... Yeah. After every match, the, the day after it, each game that we've had, bearing in mind he's had a game every three days, the first game, day after it's a warm down 
training session. So you don't go through tactics and formations and uh, drills. It's literally a warm down session. Then he's got a day. Then the next day, if it's a home uh, game, fine. You've got another a light training session. If it's an away game, we, we travel that day. So he's had very, very few actual training sessions with the team to get it set up the way he wants. And yeah. in order to have got the results that he's had defensively, because from the moment he took over, we almost improved overnight, really, with regards to shots allowed on our goal, which was a massive worry that we were already concerned about, having 20 to 30 shots a, a game against us. That almost stopped straight away. And... Um, that was a big positive. And although, that we, again, like I mentioned earlier, we, we haven't had the, the real attacking sort of prowess apart from those few minutes against West Ham, etc. We've kept the ball better. We've had better ball retention. And I think he's giving the team back to the new guy, Arteta, now in a much stronger place than it was when Emery left. And although we would yeah, have all loved a bit more of a, um, a, a, bit more of a, a new manager bounce, um, I think he's done a great job and I'm, I'm really hopeful that he's going to stop on with the club. I would have loved to, um, hated to have lost him. There's talk of him going to Malmo as yeah. their head coach and I hope that's a load of old rubbish because I'll be uh, really disappointed if he does go. Yeah, I hope our attack well, uh, has the gumption to keep him around. Glenn? He, look, Freddie came into an impossible situation and did a decent job for all the reasons that Andrew listed uh, so eloquently just now. Uh, you know, uh, he needs some seasoning as a manager because of some of the substitutions I saw him make, you know, in game. So if he really wants that job, Andrew, I would feel bad that he left, but I'd understand why he left. He loves Arsenal. You know, he maybe in the future, once he's a seasoned professional coach slash manager, maybe he'll come back. Uh, so, but you're not going to get me to say anything bad about Freddie because I have no. the utmost respect for the man. And Glenn, I, I think he wanted to integrate some of the younger players to give them, give Arteta a basis to know what those players Oh yeah. If, if Unai Emery selected that lineup yesterday, I would have got on a plane with a lit torch and came on <laughs> over the UK and done a whole Frankenstein's march on the castle thing because that lineup yesterday, my initial reaction was I was fucking pissed, but I was like, no, it's Freddie's last game. Just let it play out. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't say, say anything publicly. Before. Yeah. Final comments before the two of you are out here. I think I've got a slight lag. I do apologise. I didn't actually do that one on purpose. I thought you'd finished. But one thing before I go, um, I was absolutely over the moon with what you said about Ozil um, in the press conference as well, saying that um, he wouldn't, he, he was got a slight knock. However, he wouldn't have brought him anyway because his attitude is not that of what yep. we expect at, at Arsenal. And I think that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. I love how honesty Andrew, I love how honest he was with some of the things that he said. I mean, even later on, such as uh, we need to get a manager, an actual manager in. Uh, I actually need a team uh, or the next coach actually needs a team of people behind him, management staff, backroom staff. And that honesty, how much do we appreciate that? So we can actually know what's going on. It's priceless. Yes, oh, it's, it's, I agree. It's, it's, I agree it's, it's again. Change um, to what we had with, with, our, with Emery, isn't it? Yeah, absolute change. Thanks to, uh, thanks to both of you for coming on. Really, really appreciate Much it. Much appreciated, guys. Much I know love. you do oh, have I, to get out of here. Yeah, I had I really a blast. The footsteps are getting closer. 
It's like a fucking horror movie. The footsteps are getting closer to the second locked door. So I, well, I had a blast, guys. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I will I will talk to you all again soon. Thanks, uh, Andrew, I hope I have an invitation for your show on Wednesday because I look forward to talking to you. Are, are you? Well, oh, Wednesday's, Wednesday's Christmas. Day. You're not doing a show. I'm going to do one on all Friday. Right. So well, let me know. Give me, give me uh, some notice and, and uh, what time, because uh, I'd love to be on if you're inviting me. Um, yeah, we all want to see. Uh, we all want to see that Bournemouth game on Thursday. What happens? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win the next. No thanks. We're gonna be Bournemouth and we're gonna. People in the comments, stay stay with us in the comments. We're gonna continue. Glenn and Andrew, thank you, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks, Glenn. All right, uh, <laughs> that was uh, explosive, uh, honest opinion analysis Whew. of what's all everything that's going on with Arsenal. There's a lot more going on with Arsenal, but we like to stay in the positive zone right here oh, and keep it like that, you know. Of course, bro. Look, oh. that was a fantastic show. Um, I mean, of all the topics that we went through. I mean, sorry, I came in late, guys, uh, to everybody watching this on the rerun. Only but... 13 minutes late this Oof. time. Only 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the co-host is supposed to be a little bit late, right? A <laughs> little bit, you know, he's given a little bit of leeway. Yeah. Uh, but um, look, look, up and up, man. Ray, look, I honestly hope uh, he can prove us all wrong in what the risks that are being taken. Yeah. Especially right now, with all the problems, you know. Um I honestly hope he can turn things around and become a very, 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 uh, I'm feeling very, very positive about it. And a lot of things going on with Arsenal right now are not positive. So let's, uh, let's maintain that. Lombard camp, Arteta's success depends on if he can back up his talk and whether the players back him or not. Very, very true, right? Also, whether the board back him or not, because he's going to need. At least, how many players are you saying? At least three defenders. At least three. We would like to get some cover uh, left back and right back and maybe a central defender as well. And Saliba's coming in as well, so which means that would possibly be a four, you know, like maybe a whole new, uh, a whole different back four. Like almost like um, a reserve back four, but somebody who can also be a become a first choice, you know. You never give, know give, me, give me your take on the press conference. What you liked, what you heard, what you liked. You know what? Personally, I love the positivity that he's relaying on us. And the honesty. Because, as we just discussed just now, before Andrew and uh, Glenn left, a lot of the stuff were lies. It was just good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. And that's all it was. And it was always a bad evening for us all. Always. Can't help feeling and, though, my here that the players had a huge part to play in that. Once you, once the players start talking in the dressing room about a coach, the end is is near. Yes, that that's very true, eh? A hundred million percent agree with oh, you there. But I am, I think Arteta is going in there with his eyes wide open. He knows what he's got. He looks to be that he looks to have gotten knowledge from Pip. And uh, almost a sternness where they were saying 
you know, like when he was playing with Ozil, when he was in the midfield um, as a player, they were saying he may have seemed like a very chilled guy, but when it came to being a leader, I mean, he was captain also. Yeah. He was a leader. They said he was a leader, not even in inverted commas. They said he was a leader in the dressing room, which I really hope he can... I really hope he can pull out that um, with this team. And London old school. I yeah. said, learned his trade as a player under Wenger and as a number two with Pep. I think if the board back him, he could be successful. And Don Juan says, Arteta did manage Manchester City game against Leon in the Champions League because Pep had a touchline ban. Okay, thanks, Don Juan. Um, but, but of something I didn't know, but of information, or other people also didn't know. Um, my only gripe is I just want to see this work out, even if we have to go back to 1 0 to the Arsenal, Ray. Let's just do that. Let's just go back to 1 0 to the Arsenal. Um, I'm glad somebody knows who I'm talking about with Father Ted. It's hilarious. Father Jack was the best. Drink, drink, girls, feck. And you have, if you haven't seen Father Ted, you got to check it out. Yeah, you guys have to check it out if you haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, do we not play with fullbacks or any <laughs> You never heard of any. Yeah, great comments, Dan. And London Old School says we need a strong physical DM defensive midfielder. So, Mayer, let's just quickly go through the press conference because I did take uh, copious notes here. Like I said earlier, he started out by saying he's happy and proud, uh, preparing for years. He's been preparing for years for this opportunity. He knows the expectations and knows the level and stature of the club, and he's ready. Uh, and he has a sense, a uh, good vibe about this thing. I mean, that's it's. You know what I love. You know what we love as Arsenal supporters, honesty. Honesty, and if you can back up your, imagine he backs up the talk, and the, everybody gets behind him. Not only the fans, not only those who didn't want Arteta, such as myself, we said wasn't going to be the right manager at all. Um, how we look like real? I look like a real idiot if he is successful. He manages to bring the team together, the fans together. Mm-hmm. What I don't want to happen is an Oli Gunnar Solskjaer vibes situation. Yeah, I, I think he's got. I think he's got more about him than Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. He's more intense. Um, no, but what I'm saying is, I just don't want it to even come to a little bit of fru. Uh, fru I don't know what's the word for it, man. I got fruition. it on the edge of my tongue. Fruition. I don't want it to even come become a little bit true. Where it even becomes yeah. a little bit of a situation yeah. like that where. We go on a run, for example, everything's all PG, and then everything goes, uh, mind my language, uh, tits up. And up. <laughs> yeah, tits well, up. And um, everybody turns on Arteta. Yeah. Let's continue with the press conference. He said that he told the club when he was leaving, he's going on the outside and he's going to learn and prepare. Hopefully, one day he would come back. And so he has been chosen to come back uh, ready for the challenge. Um, what he noticed was a huge change in the club when he was at the Manchester City when he was with Manchester City and he, they beat us 3-0 last week 
Uh, the club was down after the City game. He did mention that he looked at the faces of the fans and felt really, really bad because he saw Arsenal was in a bad, bad situation. Who wouldn't feel heartbroken? Yeah, yeah. And he's got an affili- affiliation. Um, Arteta looked around. Uh, he knew he wasn't going to get into the Barcelona team. We're going back in his history now as a player. He knew he couldn't get into the Barcelona team because he had Pep Guardiola ahead of him, who was the captain at the time. And he had uh, Xavi. I think it was Xavi or Iniesta ahead of him. He knew he would not get into that Barcelona team. So what did he do, Meyer? He went to England. He went to Rangers. He went to Everton. And finally, he found his home in Arsenal, uh, a club that he always wanted to play for because it had very much similar uh, values to Barcelona. A lot of prestige. A lot of prestige as well. He knew he probably wouldn't make a career at Barcelona. The next best club for him in England was Arsenal, who were playing a brand of football very, very similar to Barcelona. I'm thinking back now to when we beat them in the Champions League with that Arshavan uh, goal. That's the way Arsenal played. Our our younger viewers may not remember even those days, you know. Um, So he goes on to to talk about the players must accept a different process. This is important here. A different way of thinking. We must build a culture so that in the difficult moments, the tree, when the tree is shaking, that the players can deal with this, with this culture change. He needs to convince everyone this is how we were going to we're going to live. So, I think one of the comments uh, Lombard Camp maybe said, we need to breathe this every minute of every day, and this is the way the players are going to live now. And uh, Glenn, I think, said uh, Ozil was the first one into training today. So, hopefully, um, this is a new way of going forward for the Arsenal team. And Arteta said, "Those, these are the number one priorities um, to build the culture." Um, got any comments on that, or should I continue? He goes on to say, "Need to raise confidence in the players and raise confidence in the fans because if we can lift both things, we can lift each other. The fans can lift the players, and the players can lift the fans." I mean, he's saying, yeah, we need to play. Uh, so we were all very, very hardened by hearing all of these things. He said he needs to know and understand the players. He needs to sit down, talk to the players and look, look in their eyes and find out what's been going on with every individual player. He's also going to do the same thing with Freddie Lundberg and understand. He didn't say it would take five minutes. He said it would take, uh, eight hours, and they would need a pot of coffee. <laughs> Not just one coffee, a big pot of coffee to talk about what's been going on. He goes on to say, uh, we have lost our way, and he needs to understand the history of the players, implement certain small things. So what he's saying there is he's not going to bring in wholesale changes to the way we do things. He's going to tweak a player here and there in terms of what they're doing wrong. But that's what they need. Absolutely. 
uh, boot up the backside. Uh, and others just need a hand around their shoulder, basically. Yeah. My here, I've got this underlined. Everybody is watching on playback and live. This is very, very important. This is underlined by me because I think this is the most important sentence in what he said. Everybody must feel privileged to be here. There is no other way. That's the most important line to me. Everybody must feel privileged to be at Arsenal. There is no other way. Do I even need to say anything more? No, Absolutely no. Not. There's only 11 players that can play for Arsenal every minute of every game. And yes, that rotates through a squad. Only one At any one time, you can only get 11 players on the field. Those 11 players must feel the most privileged players in the England, in London, in the world. And that's the only way to move forward. Um, so that's very important to me. Moving on, he says he learned from Pep Guardiola. The two things he learned most from Pep Guardiola was to be ruthless and to be consistent. Uh, bring in a winning mentality. We've always said consistency is key with whatever yeah. you do. Work, life, football. And football is their jobs. He goes on to say when he's asked about experience, of course he understands people will doubt him because he does not have experience. Um, and there's only way, one way to get experience. And obviously he's doing it uh, in this job uh, starting today. He goes on to say he feels like he can help Ozil and he knows how he ticks. With time will tell on that one. <laughs> we shall see what happens. Uh, 18 months ago was not the right time for him. Um, and he believed in Wenger and Arsenal as a close style to Barcelona. So I've already said that. Um, the last notes I have from his um, press conference and interview is accountability, and he needs to look in the player's eyes. Uh, there's no, and here's a very, very important one. Uh, if there's no buy-in from the players or if there's any negativity around the club, it is not good enough for this environment. Why would you want to make the situation worse? Yeah. Uh, bringing in, you know, players uh, negative attitudes. Negative attitudes will not be tolerated. And there must be buy-in from all of the players. And he's going to know within the first few training sessions. Uh, he's probably watching the players who are in little clicks right now. Like, not to um, criticize, but the French-speaking players will... Hang around together like uh, Guendouzi, Lacazette, and Aubameyang. And you have maybe the German-speaking players like uh, Kalasinac, Ozil, Granit Xhaka. They will stick around together. Maybe Bernd Leto. Here's, here's one question for you. Um, the captaincy. Do you think he makes someone else a captain now? After stick by a decision... Yeah, you know, he can make he can make a decision to pick a captain. We called on Lacazette as captain, did we not say? You and I. Uh, 
Yeah, you and I, I don't know, there was a, there was a few choices, actually, and uh, I don't know if Obama, I don't think Aubameyang was one of them, I think it was like fourth in line or third in line, but uh, he needs to strip this whole five captaincy bullshit. Yeah. Push that. There, there's going to be one, up. there's going to be one captain and one vice captain, and that's the way one it has to be. One captain, one vice captain. And I would say maybe a third who can um, fulfill that role in games that, for example, yeah. that we have gotten banned. How about, uh, let me throw this out to you. Bern Leno as captain. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I never gave it much thought before. I think it may no. have popped up once or twice. I never gave you, it real thought. What you need... Actually, that's Why you need a, a player, a player who's going to play every game and who has excelled in his position and puts a level of consistency into his game that's higher than most of the other players. So, uh, hoping that Burn Leno maybe can be that player, or um, does, he, does he keep? Does he let Abamian keep it with all of the controversy that's going on right now? Look, I honestly don't know. You need to play for the badge. If you don't want to play for the badge, come up with all these complaints and stuff, please. Just rather mm. just leave. I've yeah. become so numb to it. I can't even get angry. I love the passion that Glenn shows. I love the passion that Andrew shows. Uh, yeah. Even Richard. <clears throat> Any of our other special guests, Stan the Man, you know, the bearded Kuna, everybody else. The passion that they bring when they're explaining. But like, I've become so numb to it. Look how calm I am when I'm talking about serious yeah. matters. I, I want I you to see the passion. Bring the passion back in your life here. Um, so, listen, I'm very, very heart, uh, heartened by what's happening with Arteta. We can only see, I can only see positive things moving forward. Uh, I think we've hit rock bottom right now. Very, very happy to see Jose Mourinho yeah. uh, looking quite sad today. <laughs> so, the only way is up, Ray. You're right. I think we're right now we should just back back our players, black, especially back Arteta. You know, I've said I don't want Arteta, but now that he's here, let's see the positivity and stuff. Let's just bring everybody, unite everybody, and let's just boost, man. Let's just see what happens in the next few weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, his first game is going to be, like you say, versus Bournemouth on Thursday. So... This is going to be really interesting to see the players he brings in, who is he starting 11, what type of formation he uses, and uh, just if he can get them to all band together and just play for the badge, basically. Put it out Bro. there on the field, man. Let us see everything. Let us see absolutely everything. Even if you have to lose 2-3-0 to a small team, it's just we just want to see fight. We just want to see heart. Yeah. Shout out to um, London Old School. Who's still with us? Still with Love us. Bro. Um, Deepak Patel. Deepak. Deepak Patel, thanks for coming in. It's too early to name a captain. Yes, it probably is. Probably. Maybe in front of us, but we just have to... Uh, it's on our minds and we have to talk about it. And uh, We're here to talk about all things Arsenal. Thanks for the comment, Deepak. Um, thanks for coming in. Um, looking, I'm looking, trying to look back at... Um, Tottenham's recent results and I'm trying to verify the level of coaching that Jose Mourinho is going to bring this club Tottenham 
And yes, I'm not. I'm more worried about our own results. But he, they lost to Manchester United now, and they've lost to Chelsea today. Um, just trying to see the level that they're at. They lost to Chelsea. They beat Wolves in a last-minute um, goal from Vertonghen last time. Um, they've beaten Burnley quite uh, handily. Uh, they lost to Manchester United. So that's kind of the level. Um, they're not really beating uh, top six, top four teams. So I don't think Jose Mourinho is a manager that has a lot of life in him with Tottenham right now. So moving forward, Chelsea won today. Uh, they are nine points ahead of us. Um, very, very leery about mentioning if we can maybe eat into that gap a little bit. Nine points off. <laughs> You're telling me to stop talking right now. No, no <laughs> chance. No chance. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. They just leave it. Top four. Top four out of the question. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, we'd love to be optimistic. Ray, yeah. you, myself, everybody yeah. else in the chats, all our subscribers, any new new subscribers as well. We'd love to be optimistic about there being a slight chance, but uh, right now, uh, even in our darkest hour, we are only a few points behind the scum. <laughs> yeah. London also pull. You know, it's funny. The scum's loss today shows why it was good we, do- we didn't get Jose. Uh, Jose. Yeah. Uh, Deepak, uh, thanks for joining us also, you know, and staying with us in the chats until the very last minute also. It's much appreciated. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, let's try and focus. Like I said, let's just try and focus on ourselves right now. I mean... It's very amusing and it is funny to see uh, Chelsea, United, uh, etc. or uh, faltering, faltering. Yes. quite badly also. But yep. then again, it can backfire on us because we are not doing the business. No, we're not there yet. We're but not there yet. We, we, do we have hope? I've got hope. Yeah, but right now. Right now we have to just we right now we have to look, look at it this way, my here. Uh, Jose <clears throat> Jose has gotten a certain level of consistency out of them, but they're mm-hmm. not beating top four, or top six teams, so they're pretty consistent. Man United uh, can lose to the worst and beat the best. They've beaten Manchester yeah. City and lost to Watford. Lost to Watford. So it's weird. It's very very weird. And Chelsea have been inconsistent. If we can raise our level to get some results together. And it's going to be very, very difficult. Let's look at the next three games. We all know the next three games for us. Um, the day after Christmas Day, it's Bournemouth away from home. And then we have two home games against those uh, two, one of, two of those teams we talked about. Chelsea and Manchester United at home. I can't read your lips. Sorry, I'm I'm using very vulgar language there, guys. I'm sorry. We'll just put the sensor bar over my mouth and over my face also because you can see it. Uh, but against those two scummy teams, um, I and I mean, if we don't have any foot, we could get twelve points. I love your optimism. That's very optimistic, you know. Um, I we love can be optimism. Away from home, I hear. Look, I really hope we can do that. Um, we, that we would be a good start for Arteta. I would love that personally. And then, look, going into the next two games with 
any hope, uh, not any hope as per se, but like confidence yeah. to say we're definitely going to win the game or we're yeah. going to beat one of the two teams. So anything that comes from those two games, I mean, it would be fantastic if we could beat the living daylights out of, uh, or even just get a 1-0 win on either one of those two teams or, yeah. like thing is saying, 12 points from those three games. Uh, 12 points from be... probably four games. Uh, I don't know who we have after that. Um, let's see. If I'm being realistic out of those three games, let's say we get four from nine. Or uh, six. Seven. Seven from nine. Is it seven from nine? Three and yeah. one and two, one. Two wins and a draw. Ooh, that would be, that would be a madness. That would be a madness, but I won't stay top four is even within reach after that. No, you're, you're that, not that there yet. We, we're because... in 10th, we're, we're 11th place right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, we're not shocked anymore. Five to six points is more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, London. Um, that's why we, we're discussing amongst ourselves. Look, I mean, I would love, personally, I would love seven points, uh, but two draws and a win. I mean, I take it. Exactly, Deepak, why not? Um, let's take it slowly. If Arteta can get a win, we can inspire this team to a win against Bournemouth. And we play two games at home against uh, top teams, admittedly, in Chelsea and Manchester United. But who says we can't get, we can't start off and turn things around? And then the fourth game in that sequence will be Crystal Palace. Away from home. Uh, we're going to bring it up to 90 minutes here, folks. I want to give a shout out to London Old School. Um, Deepak from com- for coming in. Um, we're going to go through the whole roll call. Stan the Man, thanks for coming in. Don Juan, Boots TX, uh, Lumberg Camp, who was with us earlier. Um, Rising 101. Eddie as well. And Harry Robinson. So thanks for coming in, everybody. Uh, Let's take a moment to wish everybody. um, First of all, thanks. Thank you to all of you for one year. Uh, Tomorrow is our one year anniversary. We started this thing out um, one year ago on the 23rd of December. And. We're here. We're still here, my here. We're still here, my here. We're still at it. <laughs> Stan the man, I'd be happy with a clean sheet away at Bournemouth. Uh, Stan, thanks for the shout-out on Twitter as well. Um, very, very much appreciated. You are all part of the podcast. And I don't know if you saw my here. Stan has come on the podcast as well. We're very, very welcome. Uh, very, very... Um, Thankful to have him on the podcast as well. Oh, yes, of course. Many times. Uh, he may even be on the old school Deepak. Any of you, we say this all the time. If any of you want to come on the podcast, find me on Twitter at Arsenal Circle. Uh, DM me and let me know if you want to come on the show. I want to wish everybody a very, very happy Christmas, a very Merry Christmas, yeah, Christmas. and a happy new year. You guys and, enjoy uh, it to the fullest with your families. If and, you want uh, to send out a, a wish, now, uh, a seasonal greeting right now, my here, in yeah, just any kind of language you want, 
or any huh? kind of way you want to express that. Uh, like Ray just said, to everybody that celebrates Christmas, if you guys have a fantastic one, we love and appreciate from the bottom of our hearts all the support that you guys have shown us, being with us from day one. And it's just growing and growing. We hope to grow together, bring more content, bring more conversation. If you need to get into touch with either of us, you can get into touch with Ray on Twitter or on even here on Arsenal Fan Circle, our channel, with your host and your co-host. Your co-host as well, you can get hold of me on Facebook under Gundit News. And like, let me know, uh, let me know, guys, you know, if you want to come on the show, if you want to be featured, if any of those, all of, all of the above, all of the above is possible. So I wish you guys a fantastic Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, except if you're cranky. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're going to bring us some Christmas gifts in the form of uh, some January transfer dough. Stan the man, uh, thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. And you'll be on again, Stan. No worries. Um, like I said, many, many people like to tune in and watch us. If you are ever interested in coming on the show, let us know. But we're also very happy that you do watch us. You choose us as a opportunity to watch something about our soul. And dare I say it, a you know, a positive spin on what's going on with Arsenal. We'll always try to be positive. Uh, we will analyze things if they're bad. But uh, something we always do, my here is we don't always come on straight after the game is over. We allow ourselves a little time to calm down. To cool down, yeah. To calm down. And uh, we're not that channel. And uh, we shall continue in this vein. And everybody has a choice if they want to watch us. We love it. If you don't, it's your choice. Let's... Kind of what's going on in the Arsenal universe right now. Everybody, don't hate on anyone. Don't hate no, on anything. If you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't watch it, exactly. Don't And respect everybody's opinion. As you can see on the show, guys, we have a great time with all of you in the chats. I mean, with all our special guests. Uh, we have a lot of banter, actually have a lot of laughs, which is actually very good for the heart, I must say, on a side note. Real, really quickly, I'm going to put you on the spot by here. Uh, a highlight this year of any podcast. What did you enjoy? All of them. <laughs> you can't put me under that type of pressure. Never will I fold. Never will I fold. I've enjoyed absolutely everything yeah. since we started because it just brings us a chance to unite. And especially, I mean... If anybody's watching this, is there an episode you would urge them to go look at? I mean, I would suggest that you just watch each and every one. I mean, <laughs> it depends on who you want to see. If you want to see comments about Bournemouth and Aston Villa against the shite we know we're talking about, or Panther AFC, or any one of the above. Panther United. Go and check them out. They've got they've got headlines. I mean, even when we yeah. talk about yeah. other topics, player yeah. player rate, uh, not player ratings, but room player uh, rumors, transfer rumors, what's going on at the club, new managers, etc., etc. The channel is growing. Thank you to everybody who is a part of it. 167 now, and it's growing. I understand after the first year, 
channel start to really, really pick up pace. So we're uh, anticipating this time next year being around 400, 500. Is that unrealistic? <laughs> Guys, please do us an honor and hit that subscribe button and join the family so we can just keep on going. Uh, until after Christmas, until after the holidays, everybody has have a safe, uh, healthy, and remember, family's number one, most important. Be healthy out there and uh, be nice to your loved ones on this in this festive holiday of Christmas. We will see you on the other side. Come on, the Gooners, up the arsenal. Thanks, uh, for coming in. You're welcome, bro. Later, bros. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Where YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!